Hey everyone, this is Corinne Lafon, your favorite radio host, your only radio host, and favorite girl, of course, broadcasting to you from the lovely island of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean and between the lines. And you know I always start my show off with gratitude, or some people will say thankfulness. I am thankful to be above ground today. It's a beautiful day today here in Trinidad and Tobago. And I am blessed to be able to have all my faculties intact, as far as I know, and to be able to see the beauty of the world and to be able to see the beauty in people and to be able to learn, learn the lessons that are laid out for me today and to be able to impact as many people's lives as I can, personally, professionally, and through my radio show Between the Lines. And I have with me today, Alva. Alva, how do you pronounce your surname? I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. I'm saying, how, did, how do you pronounce your surname, Alva? Yeah, it's pronounced whole. Whole. Very good. So Alva Hole. I have Alva Hole with me. And let me tell you a bit about him. But before we do that, we're talking about the heart of prayer. Yes, the heart of prayer. So let me tell you a bit about Alva. Alva Hole is a native of Iowa. He served the United Church of Christ churches in Iowa and Indiana for 40, a 40 year span. He's now retired, but of course, he's still a praying man. Masters from Eden Seminary in St. Louis, a doctorate from United Seminary in the Twin Cities. His late wife, Kathy, um, he has a late wife, Kathy, and they have two adult children, and they're currently living in Huntington, Indiana. So welcome, Alva, to Between the Lines. It's good to be with you. It's great to, to, for all of us to be here. <laughs> so we're talking about the heart of prayer. Now, why... The heart of prayer are not the soul of prayer or the mind of prayer. Why is it the heart of prayer? The heart of prayer because it is at the very center of our religious experience. The heart of prayer is I've just frozen. <laughs> You're frozen? Why? What? You're not frozen, I'm hearing you. I'm um, just having a real difficult time with this. Why are you having a difficult time? Talk to me. Um, I don't, I, I'm not accustomed to doing this this way. I do not, I can't see you. Um, I don't know. It's. I think we're just going to have to call this off. No, but we, we are talking. We are, you're doing a great job. You're talking to me. We're on radio. It's come like if you call in to make a phone call to anyone that you're not seeing. You don't see somebody when you make a phone call. I see. Yes, I understand. Talk to me, Alva. So why, well, I... why is prayer from the heart? Well, prayer is <clears throat> prayer is more than just from the from the heart that I don't know how to explain it. I'm I'm terribly sorry. This is this is not working at all. Why? Um, tell me why it's not working. What is making you uncomfortable? I don't. I really don't understand why I'm uncomfortable. I just I just am. I was. 
no, was quite me. prepared, I thought, for this. No, talk to me. We are talking. So you said you don't know why you're feeling uncomfortable. What are you feeling right now? Very, very nervous. Okay. Why do you think you're nervous? Because I'm not sure exactly how to answer your question. Okay. So, <clears throat> so there's no specific way to answer it. So let's deal with your nervousness. Are you nervous because you're not seeing me? Yes. Okay. And I feel as though I'm not having. I feel as though I'm not really communicating with you. Okay. Um, because I, <clears throat> I really work best. <clears throat> yes. You when work I. Best. Uh, mm -hmm. My my my! This is this is no, just talk terrible. To me. I'm, I'm, no talk to me, Alva. You work best how? I work best when I'm with people, okay, uh, so, face to face. Okay, okay. So have it's you ever the, called? It's the, uh -huh. it's the pastor in me, I guess. <laughs> and that's okay. So have you ever had to call anyone on the phone at all in any time in your lifespan? Have you ever had to call anyone on the phone? Yeah. So you Obviously, have... I've had to call people on the phone. No, I don't know. I'm asking. How you... So you have spoken to people on a phone that you have not seen. How have you dealt with that? I've, I've, I've talked to them. Okay, so um, you talked to them. Did it make you nervous that you did not see them while you were on the phone? No. So why no. is it making this you nervous? Is, this is much... This is much different than that. How is it different? Um, you're, you're making a phone call. I give you a phone number. You made a phone call to me and we're talking on the phone. This is not live. It's just me and you. Why aren't we on Zoom? We are on Zoom, but I, Zoom allows you to, to call in as well. We mm -hmm. are on Zoom. Okay. But Zoom allows a phone number for persons who may have a difficulty logging in because you made it clear and I picked up that you were having difficulty with the technology. So I'm making it easy for you by calling me in. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make no, I, under, you, I understand that. I'm trying to make you comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to make you comfortable by call because I normally don't do the calls. I normally do with a video where people can see. But because you were having mm -hmm. a, a challenge with the technology, I said, you know what, let me give her a number to call me. And, and also what I do, I, um, I normally feature my, my guest website and you don't have a website because I normally showcase their website coming to the end of the episode so that persons can know where to go to their website to get their books or to get to know more information about them or things like that. So seeing that you don't have a website, I said, okay, this, this works out perfectly. There is no need to, to really um, have a, a showing of me and you. We can just talk like on the phone. But it's, it's, I am recording it so that I can also put it on YouTube as well. So we are having... You asked me... Yeah, we are having yeah, a normal do, phone do, conversation. Mm -hmm. You asked me why heart rather than soul, or what was the other question? What was oh, the other mind. option? 
Yeah, I'm just saying, so why the heart mind. of prayer? Yes, why the heart of prayer? Why okay. is prayer associated with the heart? Prayer is associated with the heart because in my research, I was able to discern that um, in the Eastern culture, in Eastern religion, mm -hmm. um, the various parts of the body um, are associated with, um, well, the, the heart is, the heart is associated with uh, our intellect, our reason, our logic, uh, as well as with the more emotional, uh, uh, sentimental parts of our being. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of those things. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes in Western culture, we associate the heart with that which is romantic or uh, uh, emotional, has a lot of feeling involved in it. Mm -hmm. In Western, in Eastern culture, uh, those things come together. Okay. And so when we're talking about the heart, mm -hmm. we're talking about approaching things in our lives and um, our experiences from both the, uh, both the head and, or not the head necessarily, but we're talking about it in terms of, of reason and logic um, and understanding as a, uh, along with a sense of compassion and um, tolerance and patience. Okay. The heart's a combination of those things. Okay. And so okay. prayer comes out of that experience of the heart. Okay. Now, I've been thinking a lot about prayer. I mean, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in God, so I am totally dedicated to God. You know, I'm on a spiritual path. I'm on a spiritual journey. So mm -hmm. I, I am thinking about prayer lately, the word prayer. And I saw something in my communication with people the other day and it was saying like how do people pray you know some people might just lip it you know word it out of their mouth words out of their mouth but really when we're talking about the heart of prayer how, how do you really pray is there a, a standard way to pray because some people may have a conversation with god you know, some people may just meditate. People have different ways of praying and there may be, I don't know, is there a standard way to pray, to connect with God? Or is it a personal approach that we all, we individually take when it comes to prayer? I think most everything we do is an act of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, the life we live mm -hmm. is prayer. I like that. Sometimes it comes Sometimes it comes out as uh, an expression of anger. Mm. Sometimes it comes out as an expression of uh, well, anger or lament. Sometimes it comes out as, a, as an expression of great joy wow. and the desire to praise. Um, it's, it's just plain living life. Um, I, in the, I never uh, thought of it. The, I never thought of it that way, you know, Alva. You know, some people think prayer, you know, like when you read something that's from the Bible or there may be specific written words and they say that's prayer or if you ask God for something. But when you say, I find that very significant. When you said that it's a living, you know, you're, you're living it and your, your whole life is an act of prayer. And when you said anger, that really made me think because it is, oh, anger is coming from an emotion where there's something that's bothering you and you, this is how you, manifest how you feel. I, I like that. I want you to expand on that. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I will expand on it by saying that uh, I think prayer begins with our ability, with our with our need for us to uh, uh, to observe, to know, uh, to see the things around us that are going on, um, and those things then become the object or be, can become the object of our prayer. We we not only just see them, but we are able to sense about them. We're able to hear what's going on in the life of a person or hear what's going on with an event and begin to know uh, more intimately what's happening with that individual or what's going on in that event that's taking place. And then I think we begin the act of prayer. And that act of prayer is establishing or, or engaging in a solidarity, or, uh, being with a person or being with uh, an event and really being inside of it and understanding what it's about. It is in a sense, if, if I'm working with a person, it, it's sort of standing with them uh, in whatever the situation is that, uh, uh, that, I'm, that, I, that they're experiencing or that I'm experiencing with them. And that, that solidarity can move us to some kind of action uh, in, in the lives of another or making it possible for the other to see what kind of action can be taken? Um, we had an experience in our in our church where we prayed for one of the one of the girls that was uh, uh, captured by the Boko Haram in Nigeria. And over the course of three years, we prayed every Sunday for her by name. So we were in a position of knowing who she was. Um, and sort of through that, uh, that constant repetition and understanding something of what was going on in Nigeria, we were able to establish a spiritual link with her. We never saw her. We never talked with her. She never saw us or talked with us. But there was a sense in which the spirit was moving between us. And uh, interestingly enough, after that three-year period of time, she was released from the Boko Haram. Are released by the Boko Haram. So there's a sense in, there's a sense in which there's a, a great deal of investment of our lives, our whole being, in the act of prayer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you say by coming together, you know, like one accord, it helps for the act to have much more power, much more energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, prayer, I don't see prayer as a passive, uh, prayer is not necessarily a passive thing. I, I think it can be. I think prayer is, uh, can be an expression that we have through meditation and reflection. Okay. Um, I think uh, uh, thinking about things, embracing things uh, in our minds and in our hearts is prayerful activity. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not the only thing. Um, the prayers that we pray before meals, the prayers that we can pray during worship in church, uh, those are important prayers because they point us in particular directions uh, for us to uh, uh, for us to act uh, and to be with others and to be a part of the events of the world. Um, it's not a matter of our just just saying words and assuming that those words are somehow or another going to reach anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, God or uh, or another. Mm -hmm. uh, so prayer can be that reflective piece, but it can also be more than that. Yes. And what about persons who say nothing is happening? I've been praying. I've been praying. I've been asking. Nothing is happening. <laughs> what 
What do we say to persons like that? What I say to folks like that um, is to, first of all, be patient. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the answer to prayer uh, is not always obvious. Mm. Um, one of the things that I one of the things that I talk about in the book. Um, I, I spend an entire chapter talking about the, uh, uh, the experience of Job. Hmm. Job prayed. <laughs> Most of the poetry in the book of Job comes in the form of Job's prayers. Even as he talked to the counselors, he was involved in the act of praying. He was praying for answers. Why did this happen to me? Why did God apparently abandon me? Um, and during the entire experience, uh, Job was asking for answers, um, and he did not particularly exercise patience until he came to the point where God spoke to him out of the whirlwind, and God and Job began to realize that the answer was not what he expected, and it did not come in a way that he expected. <laughs> but he was open. He was open to the experience of, of God's presence. He never really gave up on God. It, it looks like he did. But he never really gave up on the experience of God in his life. God was there, and deep down inside, he knew that. Um, and when he needed to, when he needed to find the anchor for his life experience, he was able to connect again with God. Mm. So sometimes we don't. Go ahead. I'm listening. Uh, okay. Sometimes we don't. Ex sometimes we have to wait. And sometimes we have to look for prayer or experience prayer, be open to it, yield mm. to the situation. And we find that, that sometimes the answers come in ways that are not expected. That's, Job that's was a person who, yeah. Job okay. was a person who lived a conventional life. Mm. And he found that uh, the answer was not in convention. It was, <laughs> in, a, it was in a strange and, and, and uh, sometimes elusive, but a wonderful place. That's the thing, Alva. You know, when we pray and we say, I want this, or I would like that, or you pray for something, you know, we are looking for it to come in the way we want it. And if it doesn't, we don't recognize uh -huh. it. And it passes us by. And, and you're saying, yeah. you, know, you're, you know, and sometimes even if we do recognize it, or it comes or hits us up smack in the head, you're like, but this is not what yeah. I asked for. This is not the shape. This is not the size. This is not the color. This is not the package. You know, right. Right. how do we, how, I mean, Job and these people were open. Not a lot of people are open to, as you said, the illusory ways that God may manifest things in your life and realize that this is actually a miracle I'm working for you. Here is the, here is the nugget in all of the other things that you're seeing. You're not, you're not recognizing mm -hmm. I'm working through you. I'm working for you through this particular right. person or thing or circumstance. You know, how do we mm -hmm. get persons to understand that? That when they pray, yeah. it is to let it go and be humble and be open. Right. Sometimes the answer to sometimes the answer to prayer is no. Um, <laughs> and that can be a very, very difficult experience to a very difficult concept or an idea to embrace. It's a reality. The, you know, the answer is no, it's not gonna be this way. Mm -hmm. Which causes us then to um, it, it sort of knocks us out of the knocks us out of the box that we've always lived in, and asks us to look at things differently. 
so that our experience of life is not is not the same experience over and over again, where we expect we we ask for certain things, we expect certain things, um, then all of a sudden the answer is no, it's not going to be the way you want it to be. Um, yeah. No, That's, no is not something nobody wants to hear. You know. But That's right. No, but That's no, right. but no is an answer. No is an answer. Exactly. And no may be right. the answer that you need at this particular point in time. It doesn't mean no mm -hmm. you will it doesn't mean no you will never get it. You know, it just means no, not right now. Or you know right. it, it, you know, but people see no as right. I will never get it. Right. Or the answer the no may mean the answer is other than what we expect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um I think I think for Job uh, he got an answer that he really didn't, uh, that he, in a way that he did not expect it. Um, but yet he was able, because of that, um, because of the anchor that God was in his life, he was able to yield to what he saw and what he heard and what he experienced. Um, and in that yielding, the spirit was able to move in his life in a fresh way. Um, and 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 it was able to speak to him in a new way, but a way which Job was able to understand because he was able to back away from the conventional things that he'd always known, um, and was able to see a new experience and new possibilities uh, for his life and for the life of those around him. We are talking about conventions and yielding, and a lot of us are stuck in our comfort zone, Alva our own way yeah. we have grown to, accustomed to, we know this way, we don't know any other way, you know, or we feel this right. is the only way, there's no other way. And, and you're asking people to be vulnerable. You're asking people to, to yield. You know what yield means? Yield is communicating to people a sort of, not only letting go, but a sort of submission. It means mm -hmm. exactly. come down, come down <laughs> off your high horse. Get off of your own thinking. Yeah. You know, um, I have a journal here that I'm picking up that I, you know, I live by. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5. And I mean, I'm constantly reminded of this. And when I'm, you know, on my own little challenges and paths, I come back to this. It's not a matter of what I think. It's, it's what he thinks. And I have to just put right. my trust in him and whatever he says. So when you're talking about Job, had to let go of his own, his own conventional ways and yield, you know, to, to see what God is trying to show him or what God is showing him that can turn out even yeah. better than what he, Job, has in mind. It is difficult for us. How can we yield? What are, what, how, how can we become submissive? How can we become humble? How can we lean not on our own understanding and yield to, to, to God's way of things? It's one of the most difficult things that, uh, that I think a person of faith has to do um, is to yield. There's a model for yielding. When Paul writes to the church at, at Philippi, uh, he describes Jesus as one who emptied himself uh, in order to make room for the gift of the Spirit. Mm 
Um, that means yielding. Um, sometimes we don't, we're, sometimes we're not able to do that until we're pushed to a place where we don't think we can move any place. It's like we're, we're at our wits end. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do or say. We don't know, uh, we, we, we know absolutely nothing. The only thing we can do is to allow ourselves to give way to our own way and allow something else to come into our lives and speak to us. Um, it's, it's very, very difficult. It's yeah. the toughest thing to do in the world. I, I remember one time I was, I, I remember one time I was doing a, uh, was on a retreat with a, um, a Catholic priest by the name of Basil Pennington. And he was, he was leading us in a retreat uh, on centering prayer. And in that, in that act of centering prayer, one empties one's life. Just gets rid of everything. There was a ballast in one of the one of the fluorescent lights uh, in our room, and the ballast would kind of uh, uh, would make that strange noise that ballasts do. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point when we were practicing centering prayer that we got to a point where we didn't hear anything. We didn't hear the ballast. We didn't hear uh, creaks in the in the floor. We heard absolutely nothing. Hmm. Um, we had given we taken so much out of our life experience. Uh, we had been able to yield to that spirit and allowed the spirit then to come in. Um, it was it was a it was a wonderful wonderful uh, experience for me and for those of us who were involved in that retreat. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that is easy for us to do. And in our culture right now, we don't make room for those kinds of things. No. Um, everything is hurry up. Everything is uh, uh, doing. Uh, it's just filled with activity. Mm. And instead of um, taking time away, finding that lonely place, allowing ourselves to just breathe deeply and let the things of the world pass by That's and allow true. ourselves to be emptied so that the spirit can come into our lives. That's really important. And we don't do it enough, I'm afraid. No, we don't. We don't because if you're emptying yourself, it means to say, some people don't even understand what emptying yourself means, you know, because I always say, you know, when you, when you ask people, who are you? They don't know who they are. They define themselves with the, the materialistic things of the world. I'm a doctor. I'm a teacher. I'm a mother. I'm an aunt. I'm a, you know, I'm this, I'm right. the neighbor, I'm a whatever. But if you're stripped of all of that, who are you really? Right. Or you can be asked to describe prayer and not have a clue as to how to respond to it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Some people say, sing prayers the amount of times they go to church. I'm a regular church goer and I say prayers here. Or, you know, I'm part of the Bible study group. I say prayers here. Or I encourage my children to say prayers every morning. You know, they don't realize right. it's, it's, a constant, yeah. it's a constant way of life. Everything you do is prayer. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, we don't always teach that to our children um, or, or even uh, model that out for other people around us, um, for other people to see us at prayer or to see what prayer really looks like. Um, we don't identify that much anymore. Uh, 
to, to talk to our children about prayerful activity in school or on the playground or with our neighbors and, and the other kids in the, in the, uh, in the neighborhood. Um, all of those activities are prayerful activities, but we haven't identified them as that. Uh, sometimes they're seen as a, uh, an intrusion or they're seen as uh, a negative experience and we don't want negative experiences. We don't know how to uh, uh, see the potential or the possibilities in that which is negative. Uh, but all of that's, all of that's prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even the people that we surround ourselves with, you know, because mm-hmm. if all their acts are prayer, everything they do, think, say, you know, are acts of prayer, their emotions, how they react towards you. You have to be careful with the people that you surround yourself with as well. Yeah. 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 The heart of prayer. So tell me a bit about your... 40 years span working in the in, in the church and the activities has there been any one thing that stood out for you that you felt was a challenge that you thought my god i i can't resolve this tell me yes as a matter of fact there there was a very important event in my life uh that took place when i was uh, serving in my third parish Mm-hmm. Um, I served four. I served in four sites of ministry. So I was in my 40s up to uh, into my early 50s uh, when I was in this third parish, and um, I was um, uh, having a difficult time with the congregation because the congregation's sense of its vision and its sense of mission and ministry uh, seemed to be in opposition to mine, mm-hmm. and so uh, it was a time of conflict. Uh, between uh, between the members, some of the members of the congregation, and what I understood to be the the general mission of the church, um, and trying to work through that, which I ultimately did, was uh, required a great deal of prayer, um, and it required prayer that was uh, manifest in conversation with people, uh, trying to uh, uh, ameliorate uh, the difficulties, find resolution, find compromise, find a whole host of things that would help us move beyond the impasse that was ours. Um, It was an opportunity for me to learn some new skills in mediation and in counseling. And the interesting thing about it is it prepared me uh, to engage in ministry in my next parish, which was a divided parish. Uh, But it equipped me to deal with that new parish situation uh, in a more effective way. So the experience wow. that I, the experiences that I had uh, while they were negative mm-hmm. were not lost. They became <laughs> a way of equipping me for another, another part of ministry. I like how you said that. And that's a great lesson to be learned from this episode, amongst all the other lessons that we have been sharing so far. Because a lot of people are saying, why me? Why me? Why me? As opposed to why not me? You have to go through the right. things you don't know at the time when you're going through it, that if you're being prepared for something else and, and you are meeting yeah, people, you are exactly. meeting people along the way that can help you to be prepared for that thing that is to come that you cannot see right now. But in the moment, right. in the moment, you're like, oh my God, what is this? Why do I have to go through this? Why me? As opposed to humbling yourself and seeing there is a reason behind this. There is a reason and mm-hmm. just go through it, you know? Right. 
Yeah. We don't always see what the reasons are. We don't always see what the possibilities are or what it is that we're being equipped to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we, again, yield to what that's teaching us, mm-hmm. it can make all the difference in the world in yeah. terms of how we're living in that present moment. Yeah. One of the things that my, my late wife and I did uh, uh, during those times of difficulty and, and conflict in the church was that we'd get together on uh, my day out of the office and we ended up spending a lot of time trying to figure out where are we going to go if we get if if I'm asked to leave this parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the it seemed to be the natural thing to do, but it was not particularly the the prayerful thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, looking at it almost as a defeatist from a defeatist perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, we've lost this battle. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we hadn't lost the battle, and eventually we were able to see where what we were experiencing was in fact a, a blessing, if yeah. you will, yeah. uh, that made it possible for ministry to happen, not only there, but especially in my next parish. I am sure you would have done, as you mentioned, counseling um, with couples, marriages. You know, I find families are under the attack, marriages are under the attack. The heart of prayer, how do you see the the heart of prayer, having a prayerful life, being able to be the solution to bringing back the families and marriages, couples, and relationships, building relationships. Yeah. I think the I think the heart of prayer would suggest to talk about the heart of prayer would be to suggest that that persons understand or learn uh, to experience the things that are going on in their lives from a different perspective. Um, Instead of seeing them only as difficulties, uh, being able to see them as opportunities for growth. Uh, Instead of seeing uh, limitations and not wanting to to cross over into other possibilities, uh, uh, inhibits the activity of prayer it doesn't make uh, one of the things that uh, used to have a, a sign on a little button on our refrigerator that said life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. <laughs> um, so instead of staying in that comfortable area <clears throat> or always looking for answers to the life, to life situations in, uh, in conventional ways or in the ways we've always seen them or experienced them, uh, giving us possibility to look beyond that, to look, over that boundary that we have established for ourselves and said, we can't go any further than that. No, you can. Uh, It's possible for you to do that. And being with couples, for example, who are having difficulty in their marriage, being able to see options, being able to see opportunities that they've closed off because they have become so focused on the things that divide them rather than being able to open themselves up to things that might be potential and possibilities for them in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's not always an easy thing to do, um, but that's what a pastor is about, being able to take a look at those things and asking people to come clean with, with you know, what is it that you're really talking about? Are you talking about your relationship? Or are you talking about those things that, that you hold dear, that you don't want to give up, or <laughs> those things that you harbor against the other? Um, so in that conversation, one is engaged in prayer. 
um, uh, engaged in, a, in, a, in the opportunity to allow persons to empty themselves of all the stuff, of all the baggage that they bring mm-hmm. to a situation, to a relationship, to a marriage, to allow that baggage to be released, mm-hmm. given away, given up, in order that new possibilities, new ideas, new experiences can become a part of their lives. Wow. Giving up those things. You know, we have been influenced by our parents, the school system, society, the media. We have become adults, let's call it that, and we decide we're going into a relationship with another person. And you're telling me I have to let go of the things that I know in order to join the union or be in union with someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a difficult thing. You know, it's a difficult thing you know, the letting go, um, right. but for the sake of having a happy, long-lasting marriage and a happy home, you know, and I mm-hmm. wonder if the counseling sessions um, are worked, you know, structured towards that to help people to understand the seriousness um, of, mm-hmm. of marriage and the family. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we have to give those... Uh, Giving those things away um, is oftentimes, ex- uh, we think giving that away is, uh, is giving up. Uh-huh. It's uh, giving up to the other person. And uh-huh. when we're at odds with somebody else, when we're odd, at odds with our spouse or angry with our spouse, we see giving up, we, we see emptying those things of ourselves as, as a way of, uh, well, now she's, she or he has got the best of me now. Uh, no, what that does is it frees one up to see things differently, to experience things differently, um, rather than to always see the other as an adversary, always seeing what the other person says as being uh, um, against me. Um, it's, uh, it, it's freedom. It's freedom. And we don't always experience that at the very beginning. Yeah. But once we are able, it, it, that's yielding, uh, yielding to the other allowing the other, uh, being vulnerable to the other person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the things that, uh, one of the things that I uh, have always appreciated about the first, uh, really it's the second chapter of the book of Genesis at the very end, um, uh, the, the narrator says that uh, the man and the woman uh, were both naked and mm-hmm. were not afraid. Yes. Uh, <laughs> They had, they basically, they had uh, taken everything that they had used to cover themselves up, to keep themselves from the other. Mm-hmm. They had given those things away. The fig leaf, whatever it was, they gave it away. They stood totally vulnerable in each other, uh, in front of each other, um, and were not afraid. Mm-hmm. They were free. They were free to be who they were uh, with the other and... Um, they were, were able to live a different kind of life. And isn't that uh, all? And that's, that's life freedom. Yes, and that is where we should be working towards, that freedom. That freedom to not feel inhibited or closed in or intimidated. Right. We have that freedom to just stand in front of each other, not criticize yeah. or any such thing. That is really total freedom. Total freedom, right. just being vulnerable. Is there anything, I mean, and, if you... Uh-huh. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's, that's really the heart of prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at the heart of prayer. 
um, is is that is that sense of vulnerability of being able to uh, uh, be open to uh, and to experience uh, the gift of another, or to experience the gift of a situation that is going to have a way of impacting your life and reshaping your life uh, in new and fresh ways. It'll make all the difference in the world rather than holding on to the things that we hold so dear and think that those are the only things that we, the only things that will be meaningful in our lives. Um, I love that. That's a great way to wrap up the show, Alva. I, I, I don't want to say anything else after that, honestly. Um, I think that's a great way to round up the show because we just came full circle from what we were talking about in the beginning, not understanding the heart Mm -hmm. of prayer to having a totally very clear illustration of what the heart of prayer represents, that vulnerability of Adam and Eve on the day, you know, when they were exposed mm-hmm. to each other and they didn't feel, it, there was total freedom. And that's really what we're supposed to be working towards. Yes? Alva, so what are, yeah, you, working, what are, you, what are you working on these days? What's, what's, what's for 2020 for you? Uh, what I'm working on right now, uh, in fact, I'm working right now on a, uh, a study of the revelation uh, of John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be leading a, a class in our, at our church mm-hmm. um, on, um, on how to read the revelation of John mm-hmm. um, and trying to explore the various dimensions of, of, uh, of the revelation and trying to take a look at the, the ways in which our culture uh, has taken sort of two or three different approaches to the revelation, and um, those approaches don't always match. Mm. Um, and I'm going to be trying to explore what those approaches are and uh, how they might impact our lives and understanding uh, not only our faith, but our faith in relation to the culture and the cultural experiences that we're having right now. Uh, so that's what I'm working on right now. I'm, I'm also working on wanting to work on a, a daily devotional. Uh, book that will be um, uh, uh, connected with the common lectionary, uh, uh, the, the, the verses or the, the various biblical passages that we read Sunday by Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be a real challenge, but I'm looking forward to doing that as well. Nice. That sounds like you'll be busy. I think so. <laughs> and that's what I <laughs> And that's what I want to be in retirement. I want to be busy and I want to be engaged in the things that, uh, uh, well, to explore the things that I didn't always have, did not always have time to explore when I was engaged in pastoral ministry full time. Yeah. And that's one of the joys of, you know, I, I wouldn't have written a book, didn't have time to write a book when I was uh, a parish pastor. Yeah. Um, but to be able to reflect on all of that over the course of uh, uh, over 40 years, and being able to put that down on paper was uh, was a real treat for me. Oh, nice, nice. Before we go, I want to be able to ask you this final question, if you don't mind, to help persons okay. to help persons to understand the Bible. You know, some people have done the Bible cover to cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you How would you right. recommend How would you recommend persons to read the Bible or to understand the Bible? If somebody wants to. So starts, let's say it's one of their resolutions, as it were, for 2020, to get closer to God and to read the Bible. How would you recommend their approach doing that? My approach to reading the Bible, um, as I would recommend it, 
um, is to read the Bible alongside of uh, the the wisdom of persons who have uh, the wisdom of scholarship, the wisdom of people who have uh, spent most of their lives digging into uh, the words of the Bible by looking at the earliest manuscripts of the texts of the Bible. Uh, by uh, through their work, they're able to place that uh, those texts into historical context, so that we, as we read the Bible, we're able to get some sense of where did this story come from? Um, uh, for example, the, 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 the first chapter of the book of Genesis uh, was written, or at least the stories were told during the time of the Babylonian captivity. Uh, and part of, part of the way of looking at that, uh, beyond looking at that as the creation took place in these seven days, mm-hmm. part of one of the ways of looking at that is to say that a people in exile have no identity, they don't know who they are, uh, they feel defeated, absolutely abandoned, and what they need is a new creation. And so they tell the story of the creative process as a way of claiming some sense of hope about their lives. Um, And when you get to the very seventh day, God creates humankind. and is very, very, uh, very much in love with what God has made. And so for a people who feel unloved and who have no identity and have no one to care for them, uh, but who are slaves to a, to a greater master, uh, it's important to know that they are, in fact, loved by God. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, it's that kind of thing. Uh, reading the Bible in relation to... Um, uh, with with the help of others. I think that's the way we read it. Uh, and I think reading the Bible in uh, in Bible study groups where you have more people uh-huh. uh, to share their ideas and their insights. Uh-huh. Uh, it's okay. I think it's okay to read the Bible at home by yourself, but it gives a new dimension to it when you're reading it with someone else and you have their ideas, <clears throat> their understandings to share with you. It's also important to read the Bible because most of the Bible should be read out loud. Um, We tell stories out loud, and the Bible is filled with stories. And so we share those stories out loud, and they sound, they they seem to mean different things to us when we're able to hear them read aloud rather than silently. Um, Well, those are a couple of of possibilities, I think, for people to to use uh, as their... uh, uh, as they're reading the Bible. Thank you so much, Alva Hall. I really appreciate the time that you have spent with me. I think we have gone about an hour, almost an hour in talking. And look at how we started. You were uncomfortable and we started to flow so nicely. How do you feel now? I feel a lot more comfortable. <laughs> I feel more at ease. Yes. I thank you for, I thank you for uh, hanging in there with me and dealing with my... Uh, 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 I've never done this before, and it's it's uh, uh, not doing things. I talk about yielding to experience, and yet I'm, I'm so much in control of my life that it's virtually impossible for me to do that on occasion. And I found yeah. myself doing that today. And uh, so, thank you for hanging in there with me, and and uh, your kindness has been uh, been greatly appreciated. 
Yes, you see, so you are actually an example of what you were saying. I, I guess so. <laughs> oh my god. Thank goodness. you. Thank you. That's not a problem, Alva. So your your name is Hole for Holy, right? Short for Holy. Alva Hole. Yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my uh my my email is holy one. Holy one. <laughs> holy one at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. Holy so one at Gmail. Yes. So if anyone, anybody wants to get in touch with me, that's the way they can do it. Definitely. And I will definitely share that email with them when I'm promoting the show. Thank you so much, Alva, for, for sharing your wisdom, for continuing your work. Even though you're not pastoring, you're still spending time with God. And that is important. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Nice visiting with you. <laughs>